0: Welcome, everyone, to your bubble of wellness through science, cultivating a new generation. Enjoy a relaxing adventure with your inner health, understanding its five core pillars. We'll go deep into the science and wellness of nutrition, exercise, and metabolism, emotions, consciousness, and meditation, and abundance. Enjoy the ride. What are the 6 ways we can generate at the office or home that will boost your productivity? With a new way of working comes an adaptation period where in general people find themselves struggling with certain emotions, productivity and for sure energy supply. Finding space, peace, balance and stamina in your new work environment is key to succeed in the coming years listen more in this episode 44 of our podcast cultivating a new generation boosting your mental energy in the workplace with lucy gable welcome everyone to a new year a new season and our episode 44 boosting your mental energy in the workplace with Lucy Gable as we spoke in the last episode that we had here Lucy Gable is an author of it to lead leadership strategist and professor at San Jose State University and George Washington University of Medicine about how the choices that determine your health in the workplace. That's what we are going to talk about, the energy that we are having, what is happening around the world, because we are having changes again. And we are facing, again, measures that are, some of them similar, some of them different. That's what we are going to talk about. But many of the challenges are pretty much the same. So, To begin with, is the question of what are the most common behaviors that we have in the workplace that are draining the energy of people? And what have we listened in both sides of the globe, (laughs) in Mexico and in the U.S.? And we are going to go with the common threads that we have seen, that people are juggling the... The way they take care of their children, doing uh, homework in the in their everyday lives, and uh, replying to certain people, having phone calls, having Zoom meetings, having all of those things, and finding themselves uh, ending their their days with twelve hours, fourteen hours of continuous work that. It is completely challenging their health and they are draining really, really badly what is happening to their bodies. Because, of course, that no one can stand on a scale of 12 hours, 16 hours, 14 hours for too much time. So then the energy that they have with their children is not, of course, the the most uh, recommended. And they have also problems with children. Children don't know what to do. They face they, they face anxiety also because they are picking up the the emotions from parents. So it is a complete mess. So how do we solve this mess? And how can we begin to understand first where does our energy is taking um, nurturing and um, signals. That's what we are going to talk about. So what do you think, Lucy, that is happening in your side and what can we start recommending people?
1: Oh, over here. I know you said, David, that over there right now, I think you mentioned earlier that lockdowns are happening again. So people or more people are going back to working at home again. Yes. Here it's been right in the middle. Uh, so, people, some people have shifted to working at the office. A lot of people have stayed at home because they prefer it and they don't want to put themselves into the risk category of, you know, getting sick. And then some companies have shifted to half and half, you know, that their employees are allowed to come in. Certain days and not be in on other days. So we've got a little more of a balance, but I know for a fact that the people that are working at home still have a lot of challenges to meet, especially if they have children that aren't going to school. And that's often on here too. Some are going to school, sometimes they're not going to school, just depends on the day and the, the status of the virus, you know. Um, so that puts just throws everything up in the air right (laughs) so Mm -hmm. energy that's that's the topic of our conversation here today right that how do we keep our energy and how do we keep going and how do we you know make this new life an intentional life a life that we enjoy that we want to be in not something that we can't wait to be over you know What are we waiting for? This is our life. So we need to make it whatever we're doing, working, being with family. We need to make it good. And now that that you mentioned that, I
0: just remember one uh, passage of of a course that I'm taking with uh, Deepak Chopra and and he talked about consciousness and and the way we always want to be certain what is going to happen. But really, life is not about that. Life is about not knowing what is going to happen, because if we didn't have that uh, unknown space, there wouldn't be creativity. If you knew what is going to happen tomorrow or the next hour, you could be bored at certain point.
1: That's true. You know? nice. so
0: that is something that people need to cope with. That need to understand that life it's, has always been like that we just didn't notice because we were busy (laughs) in their comfort zones, no?
1: Yeah. And that's like really the excitement of life. I mean, if we could shift our mentality about that, you know, the excitement, that's the roller coaster part. Like we go to roller coasters because it's exciting, you know? And when that happens in life, uh, maybe we should take it the same way, right? Oh, what's coming up next? What should we do with this? You know, excitement.
0: <laughs> yes, because as, as the year is beginning, many people is having also the the passion, the energy of a new year. But once they see that the chaos is still there, they go down again. So if we are going to let ourselves be down by whatever is happening outside, measures that are taken everywhere, different ones, but the same still um, depriving sometimes our freedom, it is not going to be easy. And we are making it more difficult by just... Paying attention to those things, but if we instead try to see how, in our little space—that is our days, that is our lives—we can accommodate or begin to assemble a balance, then that—that's the cue. That's that's the signal that we have to look for, to to look for blocks of time, to look for spaces where we really try to focus on what we are doing, working in a call and not checking the phone, working on a presentation and not paying attention to the browser uh, windows and all of those things trying to make spaces. Like, imagine that your house is a mess because you are moving and you have boxes. So if you have boxes all over the place and you leave them more than a month, you are going to become really drained in terms of your energy and just the visual image of your house. It's going to depress you. So it's no wonder that if your life is like a moving place all the time and you have a mess everywhere, you are draining yourself by doing that, by not having blocks of uh, situations by not planning your days by not having that awareness that you are the ones that planned your day in spite of having responsibilities your boss can say that you have to deliver this or that but you are the one that knows what is the best timing to do it no <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think that that we are thinking on the same wavelength already. Because my next thing to say was, we're going to give people thoughts and ideas, but we can't be, uh, we can't satisfy all of your exact needs because everyone's life is different and everyone has different needs and different energy levels throughout the day. So we all have to experiment with that timing and what's the best timing. And you're saying blocks of time. We want to have blocks of time to do things and everyone has different situations. So what those blocks will be and when is going to be completely different for everybody.
0: Yes. And it, it is a trial test. This, uh-huh. this period of time is testing us. is is an adaptation to a new way of living. And we have to begin to uh, be more conscious of what is the best time to perform certain activities. Your creativity doesn't work the same way uh, at certain points in the day. For me, for example, my creativity time is the morning. And for Lucy, for example, as we spoke the last time, she is more of an afternoon or night person. So you have to find your own schedules and try to adapt those schedules to your brain energy. No.
1: Yeah, we have circadian rhythm.
0: Yeah. And
1: science is just catching up with this. We have circadian rhythms for everything. Now we know we have circadian mm-hmm. rhythms for digestive periods and the best time to absorb sugar and nutrients and fat and digest fiber. And then we also have the best times of sleeping and waking and mental energy. It's not the same for everyone. Yes, there is a general gist of like, most people are in a certain zone, but not everyone. Michael, uh, we I spoke with a friend of mine uh, recently about um, exactly this, where he was, morning person and just like you David and you know first just like many people they don't believe that you know your body actually does have a best time to sleep and be awake and be creative and um that you can't change it like force yourself to be different i mean you can try but your body is always going to have that optimal cycle um so anyway i forwarded him some research on that and David, when we spoke about it, uh, i the last research I saw was that I think twenty percent of the population is more of nighttime or shifting it into the later times of the day, and a large percent of the population is the earlier time frame people, but it's important to know what you are so you can take advantage of that.
0: Yes, and it's important also to to have a compassionate mind because. Right now, many people already become infected with with the virus, and they are still becoming infected. We are going to to cope with this. And this is very important, and I just brought it up, because this virus is particularly challenging the energy systems. It is really disrupting the behavior of people. And I have... uh, listen to many people that they are uh, fighting or struggling too much to get in their own rhythm again, to do exercise because, and they, they cannot explain why, because they have numbing uh, legs or they have draining energy or they have body pain when they just start doing some exercise and these are the symptoms of this kind of disease whether you are vaccinated or not doesn't matter the the symptoms are the same so we have to understand that also if you become infected then those can be symptoms of this kind of virus but the more you leave them the stronger they will be so in this case if you if you become infected if you have Some kind of vaccine, and you are suffering and struggling too much to break this energy um, lagging phase, then just be compassionate. Be compassionate, but do it. Because if you don't break it, your cells, your body, is not going to be awakening to, to your new way. And it's not going to recover the memory that it has to have the energy going back again. So this was very important for me to mention because I just uh, listened to a client and she told me that she was really struggling with her mind and with her body energy. And I just told her how um, often did you do exercise after you had the disease and after you have the vaccine? And she told me that she haven't find time and energy to do it over a year. So she now has one year of not doing anything. And that year, of course, everything that is inside of us is not growing, is not detoxifying. So we have to detoxify the energy that we have as we do exercise again, as we change our uh, habits of eating because many people also ate very differently with these lockdowns and that also was challenging so we have to figure out the factors that are affecting in each particular case for for you because as lucy mentioned not everyone is the same and not everyone had the same patterns So analyze your life, reflect and see what have you been doing?
1: Energy at work back to that, analyzing your life so that you can go ideally as much as possible with the flow of what your body needs. And when you said compassion, David, I, I feel like. There's a lot of rejection of ourselves or anger with ourselves, or uh, we whip ourselves into doing things instead of gently try to find the bliss. How can I make this something that I enjoy? You know, instead of going to work thinking, "Oh my God, this is gonna be terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> but all of this affects our energy. And what we're talking about at this very time is the mental energy, the mindset. And so if we aren't looking forward to doing to the day and what we have to do in the day, it's very, very hard to get our energy going. And we slog through and we, then we eat to make ourselves happy, but that doesn't make you happy eating, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, not, you know, and usually people think it makes them happy when, and when they do is they eat the wrong stuff. So just back to the energy, <laughs> um, being compassionate with yourself, not being angry or, trying to force things into place but how can we subtly go with our what our body's natural flow is our mind's natural flow at work and first you also said david we kind of got to experiment because if you haven't experimented with it you probably don't know what your optimal flow is where your Peak energy is when you're the most creative. When do you do best with your writing versus reading versus talking, um, meetings, etc.? And how long do you need to sleep? What time do you need to sleep? And then we have all these other things. When do you need to eat? What do you need to eat? All of these things go into your energy and keeping it high throughout the day. But of course, we can't touch on every single one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we we can't. But we can mention the the most important factors in the, in the space of eating, for example, no? consuming uh, food that is going to be, uh, and we know that, we have listened to that mostly, that processed food is always going to drain your energy because it has a lot of chemical substances, because it has a lot of sugar, And because it has the the fats that are most challenging to degrade by your metabolism. So if you consume that kind of food, you are sending yourself to the low peak of energy. Not in the moment, because as you mentioned also, at the moment it's pleasurable because that's that's the spot, that's the sweet spot of the companies that they look for that and they give you that pleasure so that you become more addicted to that kind of food. But once you end the food in about two or three hours, you will feel the depletion of the energy and you will feel more hungry or hungrier because that food is not nurturing. It's just filling a, a space, and that's it. No
1: space. And it's also not only that, but it's also taking our health levels down a notch. It's not only not giving us nutrients, but it's reversing the health that we should be having. We've just found so much about that in terms of the science and what highly processed food does to us. So we really need to think about not only pulling back on highly processed food, but adding the most beneficial, most nutritious foods that give us energy in the right um, formulas. And speaking of formulas, I mean, Mm again not everyone is the same so that's really why in my book i made it a point to not give anyone a perfect formula you know i just lead people through finding out their own formulas so things that work for them
0: yeah yeah and that is good also because the the, the food that we process and the needs that we have in terms of also the the activities that we are doing is completely different. And whether even between or among genders, no, it is not the same for men or for women, the kind of food that they should eat, the amount, and many of the proteins or carbohydrates, they are not processed in the same way. So we just have to test again what can be working for us and try to do it in small bites of uh, reducing the amount not challenging yourself or as you mentioned not whipping yourself by trying to go all the way and and deplete all the processed food because that is just going to frustrate you and it's going to give you this kind of rebound uh, system so just try to do it uh, slowly we are not rushing now we learned something that patients is our best ally. So having patience and in reducing the the levels of any kind of sugary or processed food is the best way to, to arrive to the point where we want, no?
1: Well, yes. And so there are other factors at work or working at home that come into play. I mean, but I will I do want to mention one one other thing about food. besides what you eat, there is the when you eat time kind of a thing yeah. that we need to look into. I mean, it's and the there are optional times to, to, yes, for your body, circadian rhythm wise to eat. and we should have a schedule. we should you know, find out what times those are and how far apart the spaces need to be so that we don't take that dip. We can actually go up and stay up all day if we do it right. That's another thing to experiment with, of course, one thing at a time.
0: Yes, and that is also very important in terms of not finding the time to eat (laughs) because many many people also don't eat because they are at home but they just have available everything and they know that they can eat at any moment but they don't do it and they don't stop and they don't even feed their children at the at the proper time so that's also going to impact them in terms of the mental health that they are going to have in the school and problems in their brain because they really need more than ever the schedules in terms of also sleeping. I have seen and I have listened here a lot of people that that they just go out at night with their children and they are playing at 9 30 10 p.m and children are still awake. So I don't think that for children even though they are finding out their own circadian rhythms, children need 12 to 14 hours of sleep, more or less, so that their brain recovers, so that their brain have uh, good mental health and attention. And that is going to lead you to giving them not the right amount of energy. So that's why they are distracted many times. No?
1: Sleep, I mean yes children need sleep and so do adults that's another thing that affects our energy at work if we don't get enough sleep Sleep. we our brain will not think as optimally and one will notice it but i don't know about where you are but where i am david people live on coffee you know and Mm -hmm. so they need coffee to wake up they need it to keep going they need it to keep going after work so they can be with their families. It's not, it doesn't have to be that way. And, and I've been there myself, and I've also been on the other side where if you're getting enough sleep, you don't need that coffee. You could have it, it's nice, but it's not. you're not dependent on it for your functioning. And that's really where we wanna get to, not to be needing uh, external stimulation through supplements.
0: Yeah, external aids, no.
1: <laughs> right.
0: That also they are going to damage the system, the threshold that we have, no, because coffee is uh, binding to an adenosine receptor that we have, and that is going to lower the amount of melatonin that we have, so that is going to disrupt your your sleep pattern, so more or less, I have read some research that they say that we should stop drinking coffee at around 3 p.m., 2 p.m. or 3 p.m., depending on on your uh, sleeping time. But more or less six to eight hours is the lifetime that coffee has or caffeine has inside of our body. So it can still have that effect. Imagine if you drink coffee at 6 p.m. because you need it to to go to the second time of your day no so you are going to have at nine o'clock or ten o'clock you are going to be in the half of the depletion of the effect of caffeine that means that you won't be able to sleep properly and you can be anxious you can be desperate you can think that it's insomnia, and it, and it is not insomnia. It is just the coffee time.
1: Very important thing to think about. Yeah, I think everyone should experiment with that too. How does drinking less coffee after a certain time affect how you sleep that night? And we're talking about this very big cyclical pattern where it's like, If you drink coffee to wake up and use it to stay awake, then it will keep you awake at night if you do it too much. And then you won't get enough sleep and then you need coffee to wake up. And then it's just like that over and over again.
0: It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Exactly. And, And it is not just the cycle. It is the damage that you are doing to your levels of different hormones that are going to be disrupted. And then to get them back on track, you will need more time, no? to I mean, you can do it, of course, everyone can do that and recover, but it is going to be more challenging. So just make your life easier and go again in intervals of 15 minutes or 30 minutes trying to stop the coffee uh, ingestion before. If you ate, if you drink, sorry, coffee at 6 p.m., because you need that second boost, try to do it at 5: 30. Then try to do it in the two next weeks, at five. And like that, until you suddenly don't need the second boost of coffee.
1: I love that. And there are other things that give us energy too. Um, we just touched on food, the right foods, not sugar foods. Uh, we just talked on sleep and we touched a little bit on mental stimulation. I mean, if you're, if you have a constant thought that what you're going to be doing in this next half of your day is going to be a slog, mm-hmm. then I know personally, sometimes I would look for what can I do to make it not so bad? Okay, coffee, you know, that'll help me to be more focused and uh, even give myself something to think about other than this job that I'm doing, you know, but we can potentially try to stimulate our mind in other ways. What is something you can do that can make the situation nicer? Might it be playing some music or. um? having some, some comforting blanket around your legs or <laughs> having a candle or a light that looks like a candle next to you or you know, just chatting with a friend briefly for five minutes on the phone to talk about something that makes you happy. Because literally after we talk about something that makes us happy, we do have that dopamine and serotonin you know, boost for a little while that we can take with us to push us a little further. And if we need something to drink, how about changing it to some kind of a tea, an herbal tea that tastes good? Yeah. I know we talked about sugar, but if you put one teaspoon of honey in that tea, it's not a lot of sugar compared to all of the fast food, processed food. It's just a little bit of sugar. And that'll help just give you a teeny boost as well.
0: Yes. In addition to that, I. I also have experimented that priming your brain to the to the next activity I mean trying to see what is the next activity going to unfold journaling just quickly about how do you want the the next meeting or your presentation or the way you want to feel is helping your brain because you are um forecasting the the kind of energy that you want and your brain functions with cues these small cues that can be music that can be the the tea that can be talking with a friend that can be yourself having the visual uh, imagination to see in the next phase and how do you want to feel because as you mentioned before if we uh, look at our jobs as something that is depressing of course that that is going to be replicated in your days no and you are just uh, aiming for the weekend no Mm -hmm. a lot of people is just like i am two days away from the weekend or it's monday and i know that mondays are hard and all those phrases that we see in all the social platforms are just priming your brain to that.
1: Cues. Yes, that's right. We tell ourselves what we expect and then we prime our brain to see it. Whatever we tell ourselves, our brain is ready to find that thing. And (laughs) it's a self-fulfilling prophecy always with so many things. I mean, I could talk about that one forever. (laughs) How our day goes but also how our meeting goes, like you said, David, how our health is, how we look and feel, whatever we're telling ourselves, that's what ends up becoming in real life.
0: And something that I just came up with because I just step up to turn on the light is changing your scenery. because many times where if we are still working at home or even in the office, watching the same wall watching the same place is also sometimes tiring for your brain so just go and take three or four minutes to go if you are in your office try to go to the farthest bathroom that you find in the office and walk a little bit and clear your mind and if you are at home go outside a little bit and give a small walk and return. It is not a waste of time. It is an investment because many people think that they waste their time if they go out five minutes and just go around the building or go around the the block. So you waste more time in the (laughs) social platforms than going for the walk. And going for the walk is going to elevate your energy because you release dopamine and you release many other factors, no?
1: Uh, Oh, yes. I, I actually made probably my last YouTube video that I made was about that, standing up and moving around. I mean, I agree with your scenery point, changing the scenery and to add to that, Um, When we change what our eyes are looking at, we often get new ideas because the brain, we just shifted the scenery. So we can have a new thought, we can get a creative answer to some problem we might've been sitting at the desk trying to figure out for an hour. Mm -hmm. We'll just go outside and walk around. And in addition, now we know that vitamin D is what what stimulates, I'm sorry, back, uh, the sun stimulates us to make our own vitamin D. So we get outside, we get some sun in our eyes, sun on our face and our hands. If it's winter, maybe not as much sun, but still the sun's coming through. (laughs) Yes, no matter if we have clouds or not. And then the movement in itself, the walking um, pushes the blood up the body, back from the feet and the legs where it kind of floats down and sits when we're not doing anything but sitting. So we get that blood flowing, circulating, and we get the nutrients back, we get the blood flowing back to the brain, we get the oxygen into the blood, which is what our body thrives on. So yeah. just that five minute walk is doing so much more than we you know, can even calculate on paper that it's absolutely not a waste of time.
0: No, not but, at all. Yeah. and And also I thought about, Breathing, no? <laughs> just standing up in the same room if you don't have time to go out.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And just trying to breathe. Inhale deeply and exhale three times, five times, and stretching, stretching your body because you need it, because you have been sitting a long time in your in your chair. And it's the numbing <laughs> of your legs probably comes from being sitting eight hours (laughs) and not stopping. So try just to do it. What science says, what research says is that you should do it every 50 or 55 minutes, more or less, no? Yeah. More or less is that the time that you need and that your brain needs because also it's not your body, it's your brain, it's everything together Mm -hmm. and it is just like the race cars, no? And this is something that I learned from from Brendan in one of his trainings. And he repeated over and over that phrase that we are like pit stops, no? We need those pit stops in throughout the day so that our energy comes again
1: back, no? Like the race cars take pit stops. We are like race cars. I like that. We are. We should treat ourselves at least as good as a high quality race car, right?
0: <laughs> yes, so. and, and something that I also uh, thought about, it was like uh, those uh, cars or those experiences that we can see, not just in the races, but in other type of cars that are old, but they are renewed and they change their engine and then change everything, but the outside is still old. It is doing your work. Probably you are 40, 50, 60, but if you still are working on your body, that chronological age won't mean anything because you are completing your inner work and you are renewing your system. No,
1: I love that analogy too because over here in Cal- well, in Los Angeles, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a lot of really old cars that drive around, and it's because, of course, it's because the weather supports that because there's no uh, lots of there's no snow and rain, and so rust doesn't occur as much. But also, people take care of these cars for years and years and years so we have cars from like the 20s driving around here that look beautiful they're painted Mm -hmm. you know they're on the highway i mean they don't get driven just to go to the grocery store but (laughs) they get driven (laughs) around sometimes and it's fun to see
0: yeah and that's what we are we can do now with our bodies now that we have also the the science about uh, reversing some aging symptoms we can do that by simply being more conscious about what we consume what we do and what we watch and that is something that we can also go and talk about that the the things that we are watching No, how all those things uh, can drain our energy no
1: oh yeah what uh i i when you're talking about watching do you mean things that you watching on television or or computer yeah and then
0: or social let's call it social uh, energy no Mm -hmm. the the people that we surround with
1: oh my Mm -hmm. gosh what goes in is what we create inside i i think about this all the time there's a saying it's a it's a convenient saying that the five people you spend your most time with are who you become most like uh and i don't know if the number is necessarily (laughs) five but it's the the people that you surround yourself with the most are who influence your thoughts and how you become and we can include who are we reading who are we listening to on the news or on social media and do we want to be like that we really need to be conscientious of what we spend our time on filling our mind with i completely agree and you're right it can drain our energy and it could also make us put unnecessary energy into areas that don't benefit us
0: yeah yes yes because now probably we don't have too much social interaction as we used to have but we still talk or have the contact with these uh, devices with certain people and if that kind of people is always complaining about something of course that we are going to pick up that energy and we are going to go right in that mood of complaining and that is going to drain our energy. So we have to be very careful that if we are already tired and at night we have some interaction with those kind of people, then what are you going to have left for your dreaming time? No. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. And I'll bring that right back to work because, um, unfortunately we can get into these crowds of people that do nothing but complain about their job. And I'm really one of the mindset that it's like, don't complain about it, do something about it, make it change. Don't just sit and talk about, being unhappy, you know? So the only reason to talk about something you're not happy with would be if you were talking about it to make an improvement. You know, how do we shift this so it feels better? How do we proactively make a change? Because just talking about it is just going to make the problem bigger and bigger in your mind, back to our mindset part. And that's going to bring us down. It's going to bring our energy down. We're not going to look forward to work except for to talk about the bad things. And that's just such a negative energy that we give ourselves. So I like to encourage people and help people to bring up the hard stuff, actually talk about it with someone who can help you to do something about it. And um uh, get it out of get it out of your life, make it so it's not a problem, you know
0: yes, and and I love that uh, mind frame that we can have because i I live with that when I was in in the corporate world, and it is really, really draining and and there are a lot of people that gather and speak bad about the company or the boss or whatever. The situation is so it doesn't fix anything, and you return to your place, and you really just want to go home <laughs> and don't work anymore because you know that you don't have any motivation. And sadly, many times you know that uh, certain things are out of your scope, but still you can do something to feel yourself much better. It's just Shifting towards what is it that your job is giving you, uh, seeing the good things that you have about your job. First, you have a job. <laughs> that would be the first one, no? Because many people now don't have a job, no, and that's a winning situation. Second is all the income that comes from that job, and that can allow you to give your family and yourself. A better life. So if we start seeing the good things and appreciate what all of those good things are doing in our lives, we shift the mindset and we can see the problem as a situation that becomes really small. No?
1: I like that approach. And I also like the approach of um allowing a problem to give you the opportunity to become greater yes. so right now especially in the job situations in the corporate situations today they companies need people who can stand up and solve problems <laughs> and those people are looked generously on you know they like to reward that But not only do you get rewarded for solving a problem by your company, but you also get internally rewarded because Mm -hmm. you can see your own worth. You can create your own value and it satisfies human beings to know that we have something we can offer. So if we can take that problem and put our minds to work on how to make something better in the company uh, and actually help to make a change, that saves and serves a lot of people.
0: Yes, and thinking about solving those problems at the office can help that maybe you can divide the things. You can just see the the big issue and try to see where it comes from. I mean the, the root cause or what is the pattern that is being repeated in terms of that. Not mistake, but problem that, that we can find. And taking that solution, as you mentioned, also, to to grow, to become stronger, to be more resilient, and to adapt yourself to the situation. No, because ad- again, adaptation is another key word in this new era. <laughs> that we are seeing we will need adaptation all the time for the next decade at least we will need adaptation a lot and adaptation means trying to see the things from a different perspective trying to move your body and your mind from different situations so that you see and talk with people that many times are very creative and that they are not involved I have also seen that trying to tell a problem to a person that is outside from your area of, of your work or your close circle helps because they, they are not polluted with the, with the mind that just see the problem. They can see the perspective of another area that can help. Or they, they are fresh, they are not from the company just from outside from another job from another company if you just talk with those kind of people they can see right at the beginning what is the problem because they are not in the same environment no
1: Mm -hmm. that's and that's why david you and i do what we do we actually do consulting on these kinds of things because it's beneficial to have someone come in from the outside and have fresh eyes. Yeah,
0: that's why audits work. That's how that's how auditors see the things. No, because they they come from outside. They have seen a lot of problems. They have seen a lot of patterns and Mm -hmm. they can resolve the things faster because they are fresh no?
1: and people um, who aren't attached to how they're being received. You know, if someone can come in from the outside, Who is going to be honest uh, and straightforward and not beat around the bush, you know, so that you can get things done fast and make changes quickly and get on to a success, you know?
0: Yes, exactly. And being open, no? Being open to those suggestions, taking in everything that that the people are telling you, not trying to see, the limitations or the the things that they have to overcome to implement the change just pick the idea and then you get to the next stage of implementation so
1: i think so yeah well i don't know i think we covered a lot in this (laughs) time frame yeah a lot of things for people to think about
0: that's Um, what i was thinking
1: Yes. Did you do you ever ask people to leave comments and or questions down in the. Yes. comments?
0: well, I have done it, I, I think two or three times, but we suggest that we do it No, that people just leave your comments on on this podcast, on this topic, share with us what are you leaving in your particular work situation? Either at home or in the office, just try to help us to make another one much more meaningful to you and more addressed to the situations that that are real. No.
1: I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Ask us any questions that our conversation led you to thinking about as well. We can get back in the comments or like yeah. David said, we can do another conversation.
0: Yes, we will. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening and if it resonates with you, also help us to share this episode with many people. We know that many need this kind of advice or reflections or things that we discuss. So And we will listen to each other next episode. Thank you very much for your attention. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode and integrating with this community to cultivate more awareness and consciousness in your inner health to create a new generation of humans. If you want more tools to grow your inner health with science and spirituality merge, visit www.davidortegab.com Remember that you can subscribe to become a premium member and receive plenty of benefits in all five areas of your life. Nutrition, metabolism, emotional resilience, consciousness and abundance